All right, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the FGEM podcast series. And yes, I just turned myself into British. I don't care. Um, so in today's episode, we are going to be talking about judgment versus exhortation. Uh, in our previous episode on the necessity of sound doctrine, we were covering one of the most intricate topics. And this is pretty much you can consider a part two of the previous episode. As we dive into more of Paul's teachings and more about how Paul was uh, pretty much speaking uh, more as in an exhortation format and how the common misconception about all this is uh, that Paul was being very judgmental. So we will be addressing that in today's episode, as well as going over how are we to identify people who are being judgmental versus people who are actually genuinely doing what scripture says as exhortation and how you, the viewer, can also apply these methods in your daily walk with the Lord. And when you see these kinds of things going around, in what way to react, we will be discussing that as well make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications for this video i don't know why i'm i'm, I'm just cringing when i just said that and smash that like button <laughs> yes yeah, you heard the man meanwhile let me introduce my good old podcaster friends you got Bryn on the top left doggo overkill on the bottom right and you got my man hey, tech yo. there with the elmo on the bottom left hashtag elmo's lives matter mm. all right <laughs> so um, in today's episode, we are just, you know, like I said, everything, everything. So, you know, everyone just introduce yourselves, you know, let's just make this a habit. Introduce yourselves. I, I can start. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm Tech from, I was in episode two, possibly episode one. We haven't actually recorded that one yet, but, uh, I'm from, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I'm also... <laughs> Not going to mention episode two because you you, you uh, should watch it. That's what he's trying to you say. Watch, yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to say you should watch the episode two. And then um, uh, uh, I'm from America, Missouri. I'm a, a Christian, 16, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Hi, I'm uh, Overkill, but uh, a lot of people tend to know me as Doggo. Uh, I'm from the United States of America. I'm 18. Uh, I'm a Christian. And for those of you who were uh, listening to the Uncovering Satanism podcast a while back, um, that was, uh, I was in a lot of uh, those episodes as well. So, yeah, this is going to be really cool and interesting. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Bryn. I am Canadian, and I am a sophomore in high school. And... I am also a Christian, um, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> well, everyone, you know me already, so I don't need to go through all that stuff. No, no, you got to do it. We had to do it. You have to do it too, Foxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways, my name's Mr. Foxy, also known as Sean. Uh, you know, I'm 16. You know, I'm, I'm also in America. You know, almost everyone here is in America except you, Bryn. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I just... Come on, like, let's go, Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just go shout out. Come on, Sean. Yeah, I know. We got a Canadian. Canadian, yes. Variety. Hashtag variety. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And pretty much I'm also a sophomore in high school. So in today's why do I keep saying in today's? I already explained what we're doing. So today, let's just discuss, you know, let's just start off on a good note, right? So what is everybody's thoughts here? Just one of you, every... Oh. 
Every one of you, go one by one and please explain what are your thoughts on what judgment is. And then explain what you think exhortation is. I did this last week. I mean... <laughs> well, yeah. maybe people didn't watch episode two. Right. Uh, one. Episode one. Episode two. Episode two. Episode two. Right. Right. So go yeah. watch it. But uh, judgment versus exhortation, it's really... Uh, uh, I think it really has to do a lot with where your heart's at in the uh, and what you're judging um, or exhorting. So, for judgment, for example, is more God's job than it is our job. It's a uh, judging the heart versus judging the actions. Those are two different things. So, I, I guess it's really subjective, is what I'm trying to say. Um, judgment and then exhortation is, um, I guess similar to judgment based on action. I don't know, Foxy, help me out here. What am I trying to say? <laughs> well, so honestly, like judgment, I guess in a sense is kind of like identifying an issue or a potential problem or, you know, something of that sort. That's just basically what judgment is. You know, you're identifying something that uh, most of the time doesn't usually look like it's going to end in a good result. Um, so for example, you know, judgment could help me identify a problem with, uh, going out and smoking and then good judgment would say, okay, well, that's going to be an issue. And then I start identifying the problems from there on out. So like judgment and, you know, even in a courtroom, you know, judges have to take a look at the both aspects, the good aspects and negative aspects of a case, and then use judgment and discernment to distinguish, you know, what path should be taken. Um, so judgment, I guess, is just identifying, you know, potential issues and potential facts about different situations, different things. Whereas exhortation is more or less like, you know, uh, urging or sort of like a pleading for the purpose of um, benefit, I guess you could say. So like, you know, I'm pleading with you for your sake sort of thing. Therefore, I'm, you know, exhorting you. Um, I mean, at least when I've read the Bible, that's kind of like what I noticed. Um, and how they're typically used. Yeah, I think that, like, judgment is more God's job. Well, like, it is all God's job when it comes to, like, um, after after life and stuff. Um, I Yeah, I think it's... We humans can have judgment of right or wrong. If you're Christian or not, you know that stealing is wrong and, and um, giving is, is a good thing. Um, yeah, for exhortation, that word was kind of new to me, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think, for me, it's like, like Overkill said, it's like um, urging somebody to do something, but also, like, I see it as giving advice um, to people, especially when it comes to Christianity. You want to you wanna build each other up and stuff, so. Is there judgment in exhortation? Yes. Um, yeah, that there can be, yeah. Yes. Right, that's what. Yeah. I think it's more silent, though. So how, how do those yeah. two things relate? Um, so in the relation of those two, exhortation and judgment, well, judgment in reality, you both, everyone pretty much got it nailed on, especially Orkel and Bryn, is you can have a sense of good judgment and you can have a sense of bad judgment. Now, that's breaking down what judgment is, um, and that's pretty much judging based on the the scenarios in which you're presented in everyday situations. Uh, you know, maybe... Uh, you pick and eat something that has been rotten and in the trash, 
uh, for a while just for the sake of it, and you end up having uh, stomach flu. Um, that's using bad. That's bad judgment. <laughs> that's bad judgment. Uh, g- good judgment can pretty much, like you said, it can be you know giving giving away money when you see someone in need of it. That that's good judgment. Uh, but however, in the biblical context of things, when we look at judgment versus exhortation, uh, judgment is based on uh, setting off the moral setting off our personal moral standards of things. Uh, by our own standards, by what we think is right based on biblical standards, our own biblical interpretation of the Bible, and then we set people at that standards. Okay, people who uh, don't uh, go ahead, speak in tongues, people who don't go ahead and uh, do all this euphoria, which is like all this crazy dancing kind of vibes, people who don't go ahead and listen to rock music, these people are people that are normal. Anyone out of these boundaries are essentially nuts and they're essentially uh, psychopaths. And then they go yeah. ahead and they go ahead and judge people based on that and like saying, oh, you're, you're going to hell because you don't because you don't stay within this boundary that I've set. Now exhortation, it's pretty much, now keep in mind, God has said that God is the judge. He is the ultimate judge of people, right? He, he is going to judge people for their actions. So that's why we as Christians do not have any say. Like, for example, if tech, you went ahead and committed some sin, I have no right to go ahead and uh, poke you and call you out every single time for your sin, uh, whereas I may be uh, committing sin in a different uh, manner or in a different way, because to God, even though I might think in my sense that something is less of a sin to me than what you're doing, like, for example, I might have lied, but you might have uh, killed someone. God forbid you do that. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I'm just giving. I'm just giving an example. So for God's standards, both are at the same level, right? Both are at the same level of sin. Um, but what exhortation is in reality is a, it's a form of judgment, a judgment on the leaders, right? It's a judgment on the leaders, uh, pretty much like um, not calling not calling out as in the sense to. Uh, demean them or like look like you're going to hell because you don't preach the full bible or anything no that's that's not what it is what it is 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 what paul did which is pretty much uh out of love and out of respect now even though you might not sugarcoat it we are we are not meant to sugarcoat anything but you don't have to be the sweet talking grandma you can be as firm as possible about what they're doing wrong like hey look like this is what the church this is like what your church is doing and you know or like if you're leading someone especially it doesn't have to be a church if you're in charge of leadership in any position uh, whatever position you're in, if you're charged of leading someone and you go ahead and lead them into a path that is out of biblical, uh, biblical, out of the biblical uh, uh, boundaries as such, uh, then as a Christian who knows uh, the true meaning of like what those standards are, can go ahead and correct them as such and pretty much help them understand and uh, pretty much you know and if they don't understand i mean you know there are a lot of churches that don't understand they say you're 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 a crackhead or whatever then in that case it's important to raise awareness to say look this is the kind of people uh, uh like these people this church is like this or this kind of people is like this or this kind of teaching is like this and to uh, bring awareness so that other christians may not fall in that sense and provide resources and provide explanations on why it's wrong not simply say oh look this person does not agree with this hence they're wrong no you point out scriptural uh passages or references 
to why they're wrong and then provide another set of scriptural passages or reference proving what is right or what's the right way to interpret it or what's the right way to put it in based on the context of stuff. And then you go ahead and you present a bunch of options like, you know, new churches or uh, pastors who might be like that. So you're leading them in the right direction and giving them valid reasoning why the other people, pastors or preachers are wrong in their teachings. And that's very important. So uh, another question I have for you guys is if like, let's say, you know, we got, we got lots of false teachers, right? we got lots of false. It's part of the end times prophecy where the world is going to be filled left to right. There are going to be people even saying they're Jesus Christ. We got one guy in Serbia who claimed to be Jesus Christ and end up having a lot of drugs and, uh, you know, toys and stuff like that. Um, and he was arrested, uh, defaming, denaming, devaluing Christ, essentially. But there are going to be tons more like him. So my question for you all is, essentially, is if someone were to go ahead, if you were presented with the opportunity to speak to someone whom you know was not, uh, was going ahead and leading a group of people in the wrong direction, like they claim to be Christians, but they go ahead and they bring in all these forms of uh you know, Eastern uh, mysticism, all these kinds of dances, rituals, poses, and stuff that's not meant to be part of Bibles. Bible, it's not meant, it's not written in the Bible, nor is it said anywhere about that in the Bible, and they're doing it as part of their church activities. How would, how would you go about it, essentially, is my question. How would you go about it? Um, there, in Matthew eighteen fifteen, it says, uh, if your brother sins against you, go tell him your fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. So I guess, uh, in a sense, if if we're talking about sin, mm -hmm. exhortation is really important because it, it's 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 straightforward. It's hey, I think you've sinned against me. This is what you've done, uh, and you take it to the church. And you know, if if he doesn't listen to that, there's a whole process. But then, somebody who's um, but who doesn't have sound doctrine, someone who's uh, preaching false biblical principles and changing the Bible based to their liking. It's uh, it's a, I, I don't know. It's a bit more complicated then, because it, it's uh, I get what you're saying with exhortation there. Um, I think uh, a, a lot of if if you call that out in the person and the person refuses to change that uh, false doctrine, then I think the best thing for them would be prayer. Um, I think that's all we can do for those people, really. Correct. That that's a very that's a very correct on point uh, answer. Is ultimately we cannot change people. We can only lead the horse to the water, mm -hmm. and let the horse drink it on its own. We can lead someone to the truth and away from what's wrong, but I mean they can still walk back into it. Um, which is why it's utterly wrong when we go ahead and say you're going to go to hell if you go ahead. Like you know I had people say you know oh if you listen to Joel Osteen you know you're going to hell, and uh, you know. If you listen to Todd White, you're going to go to hell. No. And first off, there are people still say that Todd White's doctrine is messed up. But even though after he admitted four months ago that he was pr not preaching the gospel and he was preaching uh, modern neo-evangelical kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't, I don't get what's going on there. But it's wrong that we say these kinds of preachers are going to go to hell because first off, prosperity gospel is not even corrupt doctrine okay it's not false doctrine okay it's mixed doctrine that's a category i like to put it in because there's sound doctrine which is completely intact 
with what the Word of God has to say. Everything on point is to what the Word of God says. Context, historical stuff, everything's on point. Then you got false doctrine, which is like doing satanic rituals. We discussed this in episode 6 of Uncovering Satanism, about how Eastern mysticism plays into the modern-day church. And in episode 8, we discussed how the modern-day church is getting the modern-day getting the influence of modern-day satanism. Same thing here in false doctrine, where there's a lot of inf uh, influxation of all these kinds of uh, false falseness from other religions and all this kind of mystic, mystic stuff, and that's leading to more corruption of the mind. Now, prosperity gospel is not really... False, false doctrine, like how people tend to emphasize it to the level of where it's like horrid. Um, it's more of a mixed doctrine because when you focus on the blessings of Jesus Christ, like that, that's where the problem comes. You're not supposed to focus on one particular because God is a savior, God is a king, God is a friend, and God is a redeemer. Well, savior and redeemer go, but mainly he's a friend and he's a king, right? He's a friend, he's a king, and he's a savior. He's these three things. Now, a lot of today people... You see, a lot of people today don't want to talk about sin because then they'll call out like, uh, like what you need to change, and people don't like to change, which is essentially why many people tend to drown out the savior part, and they focus more on why Jesus is a friend. You know, Jesus loves you. You know, it doesn't matter if you got sin. You know, Jesus is there for you. You know, he's just gonna shower blessings and give you mercy and grace and all these things. You know, Amen. And he does all of that stuff, you know, and, and, you know, it's not just in many, many modern day churches and, you know, they produce songs in the same manner, not theologically sound. And, you know, I even get being called a boomer for going ahead and doing <laughs> that. Um, but I mean, I don't care because I go ahead and I stand for what's true. And essentially, that's why it's wrong because that's judgment because when we go ahead and we state like look this category of people's going to hell and i was just clarifying on that whole dilemma there but in 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 simpler terms like you know you can't say these kinds of preachers are going to go to hell only people that don't believe in jesus christ go to hell now true yeah. they're going to have to face judgment they're going to face severe judgment for misleading a lot of people that's true but they're not going to go to hell no i do not believe so if they have received jesus as their savior then they're going to go to heaven no matter what. Y'all agree? Mm -hmm. um, I agree for the most part. Um, yeah. What part don't you agree? Well, so, first off, you know, the question was, you know, if we came across someone who was trying to bring in, you know, uh, secular stuff into the church, um, what would we say or how would we um, handle that? And so, like, personally, before I would even, you know, pass judgment, I would ask them, you know, like, what um, is it that they're trying to fulfill by bringing that in? Because, you know, like, for example, a lot of churches, you know, I've seen some churches that have, you know, good, sound, uh, biblical teaching when it comes to the services. Um, but they do play some more contemporary music. You know, I mean, granted, it's not... It's not like, you know, the old-fashioned hymns sung a cappella or, you know, they don't have Ethel at the organ. But, like, you know, it is a little bit more contemporary. But the theology in those churches being taught is sound. Um, however, a lot of people would consider, you know, seeing a drum set uh, in a church somewhere as a sign that, oh, well, they drank the Kool-Aid and they're no, there's no way they can be theologically sound. 
Um, I personally disagree with that, but like, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Exactly. <laughs> Are drums secular? <laughs> no. Well, I'm not that right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, personally, I don't think they are, but other people disagree. Some people think they do. So, I mean, like, that's why I was, that's why I said, you know, like, I would ask, like, so, like, why did you bring this in? What is the need that you think is going to be solved by this? Um, now, granted, there are things that are definitely, most certainly, 100% should not be in the church, no matter what the circumstances are. But it's still good to ask. So, like, for example, uh, Beth at, uh, I think it was Bethel Church. Bethel Church, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, where they had, you know, someone get up on stage, and I think it was, like, similar to Kenneth Copeland cursing um, COVID-19, mm -hmm. uh, but what... Oh, no, 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 no. But what they did was for racism... Yeah, they, they had staff. Yeah, the they the had staff. someone bring up, yeah, Gandalf's staff, and then, you know, they started, you know, chanting, you know, uh, you shall not pass, you know... It's just really, really weird and bizarre. Like, for me personally, I see that, and, you know, there are two parts, or two things that come to my mind. First of all, like, when I see that, I think of, gosh, you know, Gandalf was a wizard. Like, what on earth are they trying to do with, like, witchcraft stuff up on stage? And then number two, that's kind of cheesy. You know, there was no, like, you know, no scripture being quoted, no prayers, there was no mention of God or anything like that. It was just, you know, them and their own power trying to, I guess, look cool, I guess. I don't even know why they did that. But, like, so, like, there's, you know, there's things like that where it's just, you know, random and really just shouldn't be there because there's no purpose for it, really. Um, but then, you know, there are other things. But still, it would be a good thing to ask them, like, why did you think this was necessary? Just to be able to see, like, what their mindset is. Because oftentimes, you know, it's also part of judgment, you know. In order to be able to make judgment about something, you have to have the facts about the situation. And, you know, when it comes to things like that, part of getting the facts about the situation is, you know, what was the purpose for those kinds of actions? Or, you know, what is it they're, you know, that they're trying to accomplish that, with that? And then, you know, through judgment and exhortation, you know, we could say, hey, well, here's what the scripture says. You know, this might be a better way of going about it. Uh, and if they are truly firm believers, they would follow the scriptural doctrines um, and they would follow through with, you know, what the Bible says to be true instead of trying to act cheesy on stage. But like, you know, if they choose to refuse that, then, you know, like you said in Matthew 18, you know, when... You confront someone in private, and, you know, if they agree, you've gained a break. No uh, conclusion is met, then you have to bring in one or two more witnesses. If one or two more witnesses doesn't help solving it, then you bring in the whole church. And if the whole church doesn't, you know, solve the issue, then that person is to be cut off from the brethren, like a heathen and a heretic. So, you know, that's part of the process of judgment and exhortation. Like, you know, we... You know, we judge by gathering the facts, we assess the situation, we see, you know, what is it that's trying to, that's at work here? You know, what's what's going on? And then we exhort based on those judgments. You know, after we judge and we, you know, make a decision as to what's right and what's wrong, we then exhort them to follow what's right. And if they choose to not follow what's right, then we're supposed to just, you know, let them be, leave them to their own devices, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I, I like what you said, Overkill, about, like, 
asking them what the purpose is, um, I would I would first ask, uh, if it's opposing the Bible, what they're doing, I would point out certain verses and ask, like, what do you think about this? Like, and they'll either, like, have to, like, think about it or they're already prepared an answer that's <laughs> not correct, but... <laughs> But it's okay, and then you just have to like pray for them, and and mm-hmm. that's really all you can do because, I mean, God's in control in the end. You can't just like like Sean said, you can't mm-hmm. just say you're going to hell because you're teaching this. Like that is not our right whatsoever. So right, definitely. Yeah. So another question that I have for you, uh, after this we'll get more to the discussion type, but I just need to get these questions across, is is if you were in a church, right? So I'm, I need to think about this question, really, because this is not on my outline. This is like a question that just came to my head. All of a sudden, God provided. Uh, Followship, follow-up question. Follow-up question, yeah. So essentially, if you were in a church and the church's main core theology was very sound, um, but then they go ahead and they start introducing... Uh, like uh, music from bands that were not supporting theology and were promoting life living in sin and promoting all these kinds of Eastern mystic kind of uh, rituals in their music and they go ahead and and your church goes ahead, uh, your church youth group goes ahead and starts playing this on stage and during Sunday school and they teach this to little children. How would you re? What would be the right way to react in such a situation? Yeah, hmm, that's a that's a packed question right there. Um, <laughs> that's that's what God does. He gives me packed questions. Yeah, I think like the same as before. Like, um, and I would really have to hold my emotions in for this because if a church that was doing everything great suddenly started doing all that i would be very confused and then even angry so um i think asking asking why like just questioning them and and seeing if they're like prepared enough to answer that and like you know because you can't just start something and then like not really think about the consequences not really think about the questions that you're going to receive um I don't know. That's just my train of thought right now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think no, it's no. kind of subjective into uh, why they were doing what they were doing, what they were doing specifically. Like, uh, what if their their doctrine is sound, then I would expect some sort of uh, motivation for maybe my, uh, for example, my church, um, IHOP KC. We do a, a citywide uh, they call it a fall festival. So it's a Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. But they call it a fall festival, and they get a bunch of people together, and everybody uh, comes in costumes, and then we hand out candy. We have play games and stuff. There's no... Um, if you've heard of Team Extreme, they're there too. Uh, there's no really specific preaching or worship. Sometimes we'll play worship music, but there's no. it's not necessarily centered around God. But the purpose for it is to bring unbelievers into your church just for... A night just so they can see what the church is and a lot of people actually start coming to our church after uh after they come to the halloween event so or fall fe- uh, fall festival that's right so um i think if the motivation 
is good, if the, if the motivation and the intent is good, then I think that's completely fair. If it's not, and it's just to appeal to a larger audience or to um, be politically correct or what have you, I think uh, mm-hmm. I question if the church is actually, if they have sound doctrine, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of churches um, lately are, are moving towards... Um, making the people happy rather than honoring God. Right. Which is a very difficult thing. But yeah, I like what you said about like the motivation, like like why are you changing what you were doing before? Like why are you adding a certain thing or taking away the certain thing? Like just yeah, questions questions are always good. Questions are always good. And a lot of people yeah. go ahead Overkill. I I need to hear Sorry. your response. Well, I mean, like, I, I definitely agree with, you know, both of what uh, Tech and Bryn said. Uh, it was really good. Uh, but, like, one thing I would also add to that is, like, you know, because sometimes, you know, the intentions are good and, you know, the motivation is good, uh, but the actual action is kind of out of place. Like, you know, so, for example, you know, Tech, your church, you know, does that thing at the fall um, festival fellowship event thing um, where they do that. Now, granted, if they started, you know, doing that kind of music, you know, for the worship service every Sunday morning, like, I know that I personally, you know, although the motivation might be still the same as, you know, what the reason that they did it for that event, um, although the motivation and the inspiration may be the same, uh, I still believe that, you know, stuff like that, you know, has its place, and I don't think that it's, that place is necessarily Sunday morning when you're getting ready to Mm-hmm. worship the lord as as a body of believers and so again you know that's kind of where the exhortation comes in you know or judgment and exhortation you, know, you then judge you know well based on this you know i think that it's good motives uh good intentions but it's just misplaced you know and then we can you know work together as a body of christ as you know the brethren to be able to you know work out okay well you know although this is a good idea um uh, it's not a good idea to have it you know at this time at this place in this manner uh, maybe we can work out, you know, something else to make it work better or, you know, find a place where it fits. Uh, it's like putting so that, the marketplace in the temple of God. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like clearing the marketplace out. So that way, you know, you can worship there because, you know, the market has its has its place. The temple has its place. Um, but it's not always a good thing when the market comes into the temple, uh, as Jesus clearly demonstrated in, in the Gospels by turning the tables over. If you don't get yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, so I mean that. So yeah, I that's that's all I had to say about that because yeah, you guys covered most of it. But yeah, yeah. So another question popped into me. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Let's but do it. yeah, but I mean I don't know. I I just feel like burdened to ask these questions. So obviously it's from the Holy Spirit. Um. It's like, how do I say this? It's like, yeah, I, I really can't say anything more because all of you three summed it up very well that I can't even squeeze a bit of thought into it, um, which is how I want it to be. Um, uh, so, like, so obviously we already covered, like, how, you know, we would essentially present it to them, like, ask them questions, like, why are they doing it? But, you know, I've dealt with people who say, you know, it's just modern, you know, like, Times are changing. We need to incorporate change, you know. Bryn, I see, I see you grinning. I see you already grinning. Progressive, right? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's the term. 
Progressive, if, PC, if, G, liberal. If, if, if Jesus were in 2020, he would be banging on the, on the, on the drum set, you know. <laughs> if, if Jesus were in 2020, you know, Jesus would respect the mother's decision to go for abortion because Jesus wants to make everybody happy. Right. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a very, because that's the reason why they say Jesus is the same in the past, the present, and the future. You know, his, his deity, his, what he stands for or his purpose, it, it's not going to change because he's already specified not once, but like several times that he is literally the same person. Just even no matter how far man thinks they've advanced, God's like 10,000 IQ. Times mm -hmm. ten thousand mm -hmm. IQ. Oh, it's a lot of IQ. That's a lot of <laughs> IQ that no man can even calculate unless taking a calculator. A uh, hundred thousand, I think. <laughs> nah, ten thousand. That's ten thousand times one thousand. Yeah. Ten thousand times ten thousand would be a hundred thousand. Ten thousand times ten thousand. Okay. Anyways, that's moving on. That, that's like a lot of zeros. It's yeah, like, that, that's too many zeros for my brain to compute. Yeah, I, I need a piece of paper for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So now no, you 10, get how much IQ 10. God has. Ten thousand times ten yeah. would be Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people get confused between Old Testament God and New Testament God, yes. even though He's the same God. Like yes. people are like, "Oh, He's so much harsher in the Old Testament." Like I've heard that a lot. And I've even said that. Um, and, like, I feel like if, like, what you were saying, Sean, if God came back, like, he's still the same as well. Like, well, God, sorry, not if God came back. He is coming back. But of course. He's here. He is, is he, he's here, and he is the same as the beginning, like, the very beginning um, of, of humanity and of uh, how, we've, how we've known him and how we've seen him. Um, I just think that that is like a huge other topic that we could spiral on, but we're not going to do that right now. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks for giving me more content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay tuned, viewers. Yeah. Stay tuned for an episode which number I do not know what to give it, but you'll know yeah. when it comes out. Yeah. Um, so let's now go more on the outline as we've got 30 minutes left. Hmm. So we went through that. Okay, so, you know, my man Paul, right? Let's talk about my man Paul, right? We oh, talked about yeah, last time about reanimating his head and bringing him back from the dead. And we talked about all that good stuff last time. Oh, yeah. uh, but this episode, we're going to be more realistic. And ask in the chat because Paul ain't coming back. And I'm pretty sure Paul would not even bother coming back because if he saw the level of indoctrination and twisting of scripture, he'd anyway just stay down there. <laughs> he'd, he'd anyway just stay down there. Down there? They ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. No, not... <laughs> John, do you Whoa. have something to say? <laughs> <laughs> Help me, God. Okay. So, so, so pretty much I have to ask you is, you know, pretty, a lot of people, a lot of people Instagram, you know, Anywhere you look, a lot of uh, youngsters in today's culture, and by youngsters, I don't mean like 10-year-olds, okay? Uh, I, I mean like 
young adults, adults Our up age. to 30, 35, up to that age even. There are people saying, you know, Paul's, Paul hurt me, you know, Paul's teachings are not applicable for today's standards. We cannot rely on Paul, Paul's unreliable source. You know, Paul's, Paul's too mean. Paul does not love like Jesus loves. I've even heard that statement and it's, and it itches my skin so bad, so bad. <laughs> because they have no idea to, to, to the level of which it's going wrong of that. And that's what we're here to clarify. You know, we're here to clarify things, not to condemn you. No, we, we love you all just like Paul actually loved you. And Paul does love you. Uh, just uh, the same way that God loves you, all right? He he. Paul cares about you, which is why he wrote all this. Keep in mind, he did not have a laptop. Paul took a quill and an ink, and he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And he did not have printing paper like we have today. He he spent countless hours just just going with a feather and just writing like this, just because so we can understand the truth and. Essentially, you know, coming back to the point, you know, Paul is often looked upon as a judgmental character. What are your thoughts on Paul in this aspect? I was actually having a conversation about this early today with uh, uh, Paul and his misogynistic views against women and how he was calling out uh, women in the church. Mm -hmm. for That's a good point. Go ahead. Uh, he, he, uh, women in the church at the time had been speaking out against preachers and usurping them in the middle of service, and so uh, and so Paul would uh, he said he says in the Bible that women are to remain silent in church and they're to submit to their husband, and a lot of people think that that's uh, women aren't allowed to share the word of God, and they, that's how they interpret that verse, mm -hmm. and I think. Uh, uh, it's extremely important to not interpret that verse as as, as women are less than men or uh, women uh, uh, sh aren't allowed to share the word of God. I think a lot for a lot of what Paul said requires context to understand its full meaning and why he was writing things he was writing, who was he was writing it to. So, uh, yeah, that's just an opener. I think that that's important to uh, take into account when talking about Paul. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's funny because I led a Bible study in a different server a while back on what is biblical context. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because, you know, preparing for it, you know, it was one of the most mind-opening studies I had ever prepared for. Because as I was preparing for, like, usually when you're preparing for I learn a couple things or two, but, you know, it... You know, it's just the passage, the same it was written before. Then it was funny because once I started, you know, researching stuff for this particular Bible study, like, all of a sudden, you see things a lot differently. And uh, one of those things uh, that I saw differently uh, was in particular because it wasn't, you know, because like you said, you know, a lot of it is within context. You know, if it, and if, you know, if someone takes Paul's teachings, you know, about women aren't to teach in the church, you know, just as that, without looking at the Bible as a whole, you're going to miss the Samaritan woman at the well, who was one right. of the first evangelists. You're going to miss the women who were the first ones to be the witnesses of Jesus' resurrection, who then started sharing the gospel. 
Uh, you're going to miss Timothy's parents, well, his mother and grandmother, who were both devout Christians and taught Timothy in the home. And you're also going to miss books like Titus, where the women of the church are exhorted or encouraged or highly, you know, emphasized to teach the younger women of the church on how to conduct themselves. You know, so there are places for women, um, but when it, in the context of the Bible, it's just not as the head pastor of a church. Um, and so that being said, also, you know, because, you know, I've also, you know, been in a lot of groups of Christians where there were some guys who think that it's, you know, women are to be sub the submissive, silent, you know, um, basically kind of like property or like the Muslims view of women, but with Chris, but claim to be Christians. Uh, but one passage that I always pull up. Uh, is, I believe it's First Peter, yes, First Peter 3, uh, verses 1 through 7. So the first six verses are about the woman's role, but I think the seventh verse is the most impactful out of all six of those. It says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So right off the bat, the purpose of subjection is not you know, to keep women as property, or not to treat them as lesser than men. But the purpose is, is that through their conduct, they could be a witness to their husband, you know, and be able to, you know, guide in a more efficient way, so to speak. Then verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Uh, and that's referring to the men, behold, you know, observing how their wives conduct themselves. Because believe it or not, you know, it's true when people say, you know, your actions speak louder than your words. You know, if you're at the forefront of everything, you know, people are going to observe the quiet person who's working more so than they will, oftentimes, the person who's just running their mouths and doing nothing. Oftentimes, you tend to tune, tune the noise out and start looking around you. And so that's, you know, a very effective means of, you know, making yourself heard, which is by doing stuff instead of just talking the talk. Then you get to verse 3. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing the gold and putting on of apparel. So in other words, don't focus on your outward beauty. In verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. So in other words, you're supposed to focus on your inner self, you know, who you are as a person, who, your character attributes. Verse 5, For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Then here is one of the most impactful verses. Likewise, you husbands. So in other words, you know, just like what was talked about previously, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, so that your prayers are not hindered. That is very scary, you know, like if you're mistreating your wife or if you're not, you know, honoring her as a human being and as, you know, equal in the sense of being both made in the image of God and both being part of the body of Christ, if you don't honor her, your prayers are going to be hindered, man. Like, that's what the Bible says. 
And as a guy, you know, although, yes, technically you're supposed to be the spiritual leader of your family, to neglect a wife and to treat her as a lesser uh, being or someone of, you know, who's just lesser than you is essentially a very, very bad idea. Um, just on that one verse alone, so that your prayers don't get hindered. Like, God's going to turn a deaf ear to you if you aren't treating her right. So that alone, you know, shows that God is not misogynistic. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there are checks and balances. But, you know, oftentimes what happens is, is people, you know, they only take a look at a couple of the verses, and they don't, you know, they don't read the rest of the Bible. You know, they don't look to see, well, why is it that God wrote that? You know, what was going on there at that time, you know, because like you said, you know, there were a lot of women who were trying to usurp the pastors. And so that was like one of the reasons why, you know, that rule was brought in. And so like context is very important when it comes to, you know, understanding this stuff as well. But yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I was talking to the guy who, uh, who believed that, well, his logic was humans are flawed. Uh, you know, we're, we have sin. Paul was a human. So therefore, the books that Paul wrote were flawed. And uh, I think uh, that's how a lot of people view it. They throw out the parts mm -hmm. of the Bible that they don't like because of this reason. Or the Bible's written by man and man is imperfect. Um, I think uh, God, what God said is true. It's, it's the word of God. I think that Paul was guided by the Holy Spirit when writing these books. So I don't think that this is just some random guy, random Christian who wrote a book and now it got included in the Bible. I think it's, um, right. Sorry. Go the, ahead. Second. No, yeah. It's, three it's 16. What's that? Second Timothy three sixteen. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm looking at right now. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you're gonna say that one, one person that's writing the Bible is, sinful that well everybody that wrote the bible was sinful but right. god breathed it like like second yeah second timothy three sixteen. um all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness right yeah so like we shouldn't um when i've heard this analogy a couple times now i've been really thinking about it lately people are so focused on um, the feelings and the emotions of other people and that God wants us to walk forward in our faith. But if we're, if we're getting trapped by all those emotions um, with other people and we, and we want um, to please everybody and do what the world says, then we're not going to be able to go to the facts and move forward in faith. Like it just doesn't work. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Definitely. I, yeah, and I also, um, I mean, I love Paul, so I got to defend him quickly. Like, he is, he is one of the, he is so, like, humble, and um, um, Ephesians 3, 8, he says, To me, though I am very least, I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles and to the unsearchable riches of Christ. Um, he's telling them that he is the least of all the saints. Um and honestly, if I heard that, I'd be like, Paul, like you've done some, you've done some crazy bad stuff, but you changed and you're a great guy now, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. 
That's that's I like I've never seen those things where it says Paul is wrong. I've often seen things um online praising him and stuff. Um so yeah, but I can see I can see where you all are coming from and and like I know Sean you've had more experience with like those online things where people are saying bad stuff about certain someone. I mean, when it comes to somebody that that wrote the Bible, it's I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You're saying, yeah, and I don't. And Paul knows that he is his right is not to judge. Um, he's not God, and um, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so yeah, I think we all agree that. on that. I think we can all agree. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we all agree that Paul was uh, yeah. influenced by the Holy Spirit. Nobody thinks what Paul wrote was uh, incorrect or flawed. Uh, yeah. I know none of you do, but <laughs> yeah, right. Some, yeah. some people yeah. have hold that opinion, and that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Right. Clarification. Hey. Yeah. And next thing you know, the video gets reported as inappropriate and not kid friendly. Has that happened before? <laughs> oh yes, my whole series has been taken down. Really? Our our whole influence series that we had, we were talking about secular music. We were talking about. Uh, theological uh, theology. We were talking about all these things, don't we, right? Don't we have an episode on that huh? coming up soon. Yes, about secular I'm, music. I'm, yeah, we have all that coming up. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't care what YouTube's gonna do. <laughs> I, I don't care. The truth needs to be heard. Um, yeah. Again, quick spoiler alert: We're making sure that our new website hosts these videos, so, so YouTube doesn't have any say in it. Nice. Awesome. So, in case if it gets to that point where things go downhill, then just direct people to the website and they can watch it on the website. Right. Also, it's mobile friendly, so you don't need an app. Nice. (laughs) So, are we keeping that in the podcast? (laughs) For quick shout outs? Nice. Okay, good. So, also, real quickly, friend. Like, so, as a woman, do you find Paul's teachings to be misogynistic? Um, I could say, I could go on a whole thing about this. Um, me personally, no, I I think Paul, like, I love Paul. Like, if I had to go back and meet somebody in the Bible that wasn't Jesus, I would meet Paul. Like, I just to, like, discuss with him. He is, just because of what he's been through and stuff, um... With the passages that you were talking about earlier, I think a lot of women um, can get offended, and and it's totally understandable when we take scripture and we um, we look at it in a way that our brain like first responds to what the words are saying. Um, for me personally, I'm not going to go lead a church, but I know that me and a lot of um, my friends that are that are strong women in Christ um, can should can and should have conversations like this, um, be part of uh, discussions, and um, the main part of a godly relationship between a man and a woman um, is that they're building each other up in faith, um, and it's not only the man's job to do that. And I don't think that's what Paul was saying at all. Like we're supposed to build each other up. Um, I don't know, I think it's like 1 Corinthians something, but um, 
just as woman came from man, man came from woman. And that's just a good reminder for everybody that we're supporting each other and that we're equal to God. Right, yeah. God didn't create... Uh, uh, God didn't say men are superior to women. He said yeah. that they're... Uh, he he um, talked about uh, women being submissive to the male in the relationship but it's it's not we aren't unequal there's yeah. no inequality between no none no uh one isn't better than the other is what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. true i'm saying like um from my perspective i think that um if a man and a woman um like particularly in a marriage are, are deciding to speak up to the church or something i think that they should decide together but um Maybe the man should should speak up more. Um, you know, it's, that's just yeah. my thought, like, of what I've heard. I know the woman the woman should definitely share her thoughts, if, um, especially if she's asked to. Then, like, of course. But but like the decision is made together. But the one that gets to do the talking is the man. Like that's what I've learned. That's my opinion right now. It could change. I don't know what you guys think about that. But that's exactly correct. I don't think that Paul is misogynistic. Thank you, Overkill, for using terms that I don't understand, yet everybody else understood. <laughs> Which term? Mis misogynistic. Oh, like uh, prejudice against women. Yeah. yeah, basically. Don't worry, I like just learned that word. <laughs> and yeah, now, not today, not today. I knew it before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I, I tend to listen to a lot of talk show radio, so like that, that's the only reason why I know a lot of those kinds of words. Word flex, but okay. Flex. <laughs> Exhortation. Flex. That, that one's fairly new to me. Obviously, I, I had done some research on it before our podcast last mm -hmm. week, but exhortation was fairly new to me, too. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. I had, to, <laughs> I had to look it up, look up some definitions, think about it for a while. Yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. All right, well, so as we are going to wrap up in, in a 10 minutes, I believe, we're going to be wrapping up in 10 minutes, 10, maybe 15. And if the Lord leads, we'll go to one and a half hours. Who knows? Um, Epic. Yeah, that's what happened last week. But it's all yep. meat. It's all meat. So, you know, you got to have extra thick meat, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. About the Word of God. You know, uh, there have been a couple times where this has come up, you know, where, like, we're not supposed to judge you know because we're all sinners like actually i kind of disagree with that uh, 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 um, sorry thank uh, god someone <laughs> agrees on this like i like well i just i disagree that we're not supposed to judge like i believe that we are and here's why so in matthew chapter 7 um so actually it's funny because this is the verse that most people think of when you hear, oh, well, we're not supposed to judge. This is the passage that most people think of, but oftentimes they don't read the full thing. Okay. So like Matthew 7, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you're going to be judged. And what measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. So why do you behold the mote that is in your brother's eye but you do not consider the beam that is in your own eye. So right off the bat, it's not saying that we shouldn't judge. It's saying, you know, it's a warning. If you're going to judge, whatever you judge, you're going to be judged by that same standard. 
So, like, you know, if you're saying something is a sin, that's the standard you're going to be judged by in heaven. Like, so if you're telling someone not to lie, you shouldn't be a liar. Or if you're telling somebody that they should stop stealing, you shouldn't be a thief. You know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. As we're about to see. I wasn't wasn't particularly saying that we shouldn't judge. Um, But when it comes to heaven and hell. Right. Like, for that, yes, I would definitely agree. Like, you know. I can't see your heart, you can't see mine, and I don't know what your relationship with God is like, you don't know what mine is like, because that's literally our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it's not for me to tell somebody, oh, like, I know for certain 100% that you are definitely going to hell, because I really don't know what their relationship is like, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, when it comes to things like sin, like, I think that we are definitely, like, supposed to... One, we're supposed to live out what we believe, you know, like, although, yes, we all are sinners, we're supposed to strive for perfection, although it may not be achievable in this life, that's still our goal. Um, And as the Holy Spirit's working on us, you know, little by little, there will be things that we end up, you know, changing, things that we get rid of, you know, we used to lie, we don't lie anymore, we used to steal, we don't steal anymore, that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, part of judgment also is, like, you know, when you see a brother you know, that's fallen in sin, like, you know, if you used to steal and you stopped stealing, and you see a brother or a sister who's stealing, you know, it's our duty as fellow brethren that, you know, once the beam is removed from our own eyes, we see in verse 5, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, then you'll be able to see clearly to cast the mode out of your brother's eye. Like, you know, once we, you know, take care of, you know, our own sin life and we get ourselves right with God, we are then, you know, going to be able to have God's heavenly perspective to be able to point out to our brothers and sisters in Christ, like, hey, you know, uh, I see something in your eye real quickly, you you know, you might want to get that taken care of, or let me help you, you know, we'd be in a better position to be able to help. And that's kind of like what judgment is, you know, it's identifying a problem and, you know, working together to come up with a solution, you know, that's biblically based and, you know, is reflective of our new identity in Christ, you know? I think judgment, it's, uh, it depends on what you're judging and your conclusion that you come to from that judgment, like silent judgment uh, versus verbal judgment, judgment saying, calling another person out saying, hey, you're doing this wrong biblically, uh, you know, I want to help you out with this. Uh, that would be an example of verbal judgment. And silent judgment is saying, um, judge, you can't, silently judge somebody else's heart that's only god's mm-hmm. job to do. Right. it's his job to judge uh your heart and your reasoning behind doing a set action however uh it is our job to judge actions um it depends on your definition of judge judge doesn't yeah. mean oh i'm better than you because whatever I, you're sinning right. so I, i'm gonna uh, shame you for that that's not what in this scenario, judgment is mm-hmm. um, coming to a conclusion based off of X, Y, Z. So mm-hmm. I think it's our job to judge actions not uh, behind the curtain of our heart. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's where a lot of people also kind of get confused because, you know, when most people hear judgment, they think of, you know, the person, you know, shouting at them with a Bible in their hand that they're going to hell because they're a sinner. Well, I mean, I mean, not that that's like completely inaccurate as we were all destined to hell because we were all sinners. But like, you know, when people think of judgment, 
yeah, it's hypocritical, you know. They're pointing out the flaws in you without acknowledging their own flaw. You know, they're telling you not to commit adultery. Meanwhile, they're having, you know, ten affairs behind the doors, you know. That sort of thing. And so, like, when most people think of judgment, they think of, you know, you point trying to make yourself look better by making them look bad. And that's that's not what uh, biblical judgment is. Because, like, biblical judgment is, you know, ident like you said, you know, it's identifying an issue and then working together to come to a resolution of that issue. It's, yeah. it's more like creative problem solving than it is, like, you know, actual, like, shaming, you know? Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what it's supposed to be. I was going to say, um, are, you have to ask yourself, are you judging to make yourself feel better, or are you judging because you genuinely care about this person? And judging also doesn't always have to be verbal. It doesn't always have to be yeah. calling out well, the person. Too. And, and you, can, you can compare yourself silently to make yourself better feel better as well. So, so we're now ending off the session that has been quite ridiculous, to be honest, because it's uh, so much topics out of the outline that we've discussed. Uh, but hopefully, you know, each and every single one of us, um, you know, we pray that you and, you know, whoever it may be, you know, do not judge people. You know, that does not mean also that you should be silent when things are going wrong. You should be able to voice your concerns out in the effective mannerism. Someone read that verse where it says if you have a problem, uh, take it uh, uh, privately. Someone please read that verse before we end off. All right, so Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he will hear you, then you've gained a brother. But if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. But if he will neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be unto you as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That is how we must be when it comes to dealing with issues, when it comes to raising our concern. Don't go ahead and... Uh, scream at the top of your lungs saying you're wrong. You have to make sure that people are still able to understand you clearly and you have to speak in an effective manner so that other people can understand your concern. Again, if they do not understand your concern even after you remain audible and not uh, hurting their ears by screaming in their face uh, and still they refuse to hear what you have to say or um, you know, make any necessary changes that are uh, not that make any changes from what they're usually doing, then essentially it would be best to pray for them uh, that God may lead them in the right direction. And if it's coming to the point where it's really bad, then I'd highly recommend uh, you leave that church and go to a church uh, where it does support sound doctrine theology. Because ultimately, I'd like to say something from Proverbs where, um, you know, in the book of 
uh, in the book of Proverbs, it clearly states about the friends around us. And, uh, you know, we are not to be in the seat of the ungodly. Now, that's talking about sinners, like people who are going ahead and acting in sin, uh, sinful positions. Same thing here. If you're allowing sin to creep into the church and allowing it to tamper with the doctrine of Jesus Christ, then essentially it's the same way. The, the traits are going to still rub off and it's going to get into your mind eventually, no matter how hard you try to uh, brush it off, it'll still come in. Uh, still come after you so it's highly advised you stay out of that and stay in the fellowship of brethren who actually follow the doctrine the sound doctrine of jesus christ may the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you all and i claim healing in the name of jesus for any of you who are sick and again make sure to share this podcast out with everyone again we are available on spotify app podcast google Podcasts, and of course youtube uh, again uh, we want as many souls to hear about the truth of God's word and the truth of God's men again as we are all soldiers of God working together for his kingdom. God bless you all. See you all in the next episode, episode number four. Uh, God bless.